It was a blustery winter's day. I needed life. I needed stimulation. I wanted adventure. One evening, a friend looked at me with wild eyes full of excited expectation. Let's go to Canada this summer, she exclaimed. Ever since I was 14 years old and had seen a friend's photos of her trip to the Rockies, I had hoped that one day I too would get to see such breathtaking scenery for myself. It was the days before the internet, so I set to work devouring guidebooks to Canada. Well, it was a nice escape from university life and the dusty halls lined with dry, indecipherable theology textbooks. It soon became apparent from my research that I wanted to see everything that Canada had to offer. After all, we had our long summer break ahead of us and we would not always be so footloose and fancy free. So fast forward a few months and there we were, two young girls at Belfast International Airport in 1995 with our rough guide to Canada, tent and sleeping bag in hand, ready for whatever the country would throw at us. We started our epic journey on the Atlantic coast of Prince Edward Island, home of the famous Anne of Green Gables novel. We visited the house on which the novel was based and took a walk down Lover's Lane, hoping that one day we too would find our Gilbert Blythes amidst the shady poplars. We decided to go camping, but soon discovered that our wee tent looked pitifully inadequate alongside the huge camper vans and equipment that the locals had brought on their so-called camping holiday. I started to think I'd bitten off more than I could chew, thinking I could camp my way across Canada. Heck, I didn't even like camping, even as a brownie guide. I started to feel rather homesick and sorry for myself for my first major trip away from home. Our neighbours in the next huge camper van must have noticed my somewhat sad and dejected demeanour as they soon invited us over to their huge bonfire to toast marshmallows and share their stacks of food as the chipmunks looked on expectantly. This filled us up for the next day of cycling round the coast and enjoying the beautiful cliffs and famous red sand, which I still have home in a little bottle today. On the 1st of July, we shared Canada Day with the crowds in Charlottetown, Charlottetown, watching spectacular fireworks and a moving outdoor musical theatre production. I must confess, a tear came to my eye as we joined in with the crowd singing, Oh Canada, and waving our maple leaf flags enthusiastically. All too soon, it was time to leave Prince Edward Island and fellow travellers we met at the youth hostel gave us a lift to Halifax. Yes, we'd already given up sleeping in a tent after a couple of nights, despite dragging it all the way from Belfast. Halifax is a lovely, large, friendly seaport in Nova Scotia, and we made it there just in time for Canada's version of the military tattoo. The Celtic connection is particularly strong in Eastern Canada and as we sat on top of the hill looking down at the sea and listening to the strains of the bagpipes, we couldn't help but feel strangely at home. Our next port of call was Quebec to sample the alternative culture of the French Canadians. We arrived again just in time for their summer festival and were entertained by myriad street performers from clowns to fire eaters. Understanding Quebecois was a challenge but we managed to make friends with some mime artists, believe it or not, who chatted away to us just using hand gestures and facial expressions. 
One night I came home so exhausted that I tripped and sprained my ankle. As it swelled the size of a tennis ball, we decided a trip to the hospital was in order. Unfortunately, discovering it would cost $300 just to be seen, and that's before getting an x-ray. So I opted for frozen peas instead. After two days in bed with my peas, I hobbled on to capture the delights of Montreal, which became my favorite city in Canada with such a great blend of culture, lively modernity, and French and English easily interchanged in the streets. It was soon time to head to the west on a cheeky and very cheap internal flight to Calgary, Alberta, avoiding the three day coach trip through the endlessly flat Saskatchewan plains. Calgary was bursting with life as their famous stampede was in full swing and cowboy hats and boots abounded. We opted, however, for the quieter delights of the Glenbow Museum, which housed a fantastic array of First Nations, Matisse and Inuit artifacts before heading onto the Rockies in all their glorious splendor. Now, we tried to give camping another chance here and set ourselves up in the foothills of Sulphur Mountain, surrounded by a lot of mosquitoes, wolves, bears, and other strange unidentified animals. After a two and a half hour trek up the mountain, to our delight, we discovered an ice cream shop and a cable car down again, not something that I would imagine in the Mourne Mountains, and I had a good laugh about that. Then we went off to Banff and Jasper, catching the delights of the glacial lakes, such as Lake Louise, and stepped out on our first ever glacier at the Icefield Parkway, enjoying such peaceful serenity, but of course, surrounded by tour buses. Then it was time to head over to Vancouver and across British Columbia, which is such a beautiful state through countryside, taking in waterfalls along the way. I remember our tour guide getting very excited, stopping the bus to look at some kind of bird of prey and having a little laugh to myself because that was something I saw on a regular occurrence when I went walking in the mountains back home. We found our accommodation for the night, which was in a converted railway carriage. We were lucky enough to capture a First Nations powwow in the little known village of Squalix and watch the dancers of all ages competing in their traditional outfits. And when I was there, I managed to get a lovely First Nations bracelet, which I still wear, and a little stone bear who's uh, captured uh, a fish in its mouth. And one little tiny story about that is I gave that to my auntie Elizabeth when I got home. And just before she died, she said, anything you'd like to take to remember me from the house? And I said, I'll have my little Canadian bear back, please. And she looked at me with horror thinking, ah, oh, give with one hand, take away with the other. But now I can remember both her and Canada when I have the little bear in my shelf. So that actually worked out quite well. Anyway, we eventually made it over to Vancouver where I spent my 21st birthday at a restaurant called Brothers where all the waiters walked around in monk's habits. So that was a little bit different. And then we left and went over to Vancouver Island to stay with my cousins in Duncan. And they showed us some new delights, things like tubing down the river in a great big tube and seeing the other cultural pursuits such as the totem poles in Duncan. Now, after a month on the road, it was such a joy and a privilege to be able to stay with family and just to relax. But unfortunately, my lust for adventure was irrepressible and I was determined I was going to get over to the west of the island so I could say 
I've been to the Pacific and I've been to the Atlantic and uh, and that's that's something that I always desired to do in part of that trip. So we took a bus to Tofino, we got to Long Beach and we cycled through the rainforest on our bicycles. And it was with great pride that we finally looked out to the Pacific Ocean. But as they say, pride comes before a fall. And that very day I took off my ankle brace from my sprained ankle, I got bitten by a spider in the rainforest. My leg, my foot swelled up, absolutely enormous. I had a big allergic reaction, couldn't afford to go to the hospital and back to the frozen peas for a couple of days to calm it down. So when we got back to Toronto to the airport, I was delirious on anti-allergy medication and I couldn't walk and was given, rather embarrassingly, a wheelchair to get me around the airport. I remember actually sitting opposite a lady who gave me a very kind and sympathetic look, which was replaced by a little bit of shock and contempt when she discovered that I leapt up and started hopping on one leg in order to go to the toilet. Well, there I was, the end of my epic trip back at Belfast International Airport, getting whisked about in a wheelchair and then whisked to the hospital. But hey-ho, it had all been worth it. Canada had been one of the most beautiful and diverse places I'd ever been to. With friendly people and a safe environment, it gave me wonderful memories to cherish for a lifetime. 